Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, we have a very special guest, a returning guest, uh, Diane Gomez out of uh, Chicago. Uh, hey, Kathy, by the way, everybody we have on recently is all from Chicago. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, right? It Ga- really is. Ga- 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 Casey Mulligan is uh, from Chicago as well. And uh, so, uh, Diane, it's good to have you. Um, I believe you are... Uh, uh, since the last time we saw you, you've actually moved, and we're getting to see a little bit of your beautiful new place. Tell us, tell us about the uh, the move. That actually occurred a year and a half ago. So wow. when we filmed uh, last time, I was actually here, but barely okay. moved in. Okay. Ah, that's right. Yeah. So it was a big move after living most of my life. Well, at least my life as a single mom in Chicago and living in the same place for 24 years. It was Mm. a rather big move orchestrated by the Lord and lots of details, lots of supernatural. Never dreamed of winding up where I'm at, but that's where God has me. And I know it's where I belong. Yeah. What uh, what town is that in now? What's the suburb there? I'm in yeah, I border on a lot of different areas, Park Ridge and Mount Prospect and a lot of fun towns around me. But I'm deep right in the downtown of uh, Des Plaines. Oh, great. Yeah. So that's uh, west of uh, Chicago and a uh, beautiful place. Uh, so uh, Diane, um, we're going to we want her to she's going to help us understand things about um Israel, and uh, we'll refer to this again, and we get to the end time stuff as well, Diane. So we'll we'll have double duty here. But um, you know, you've been um, it's been it's, it's been a great joy for me to see you drawn into the life of Israel by God. You know, which is kind of fun, um, and mm-hmm. you and you respond to that, and you're a great prayer warrior and intercessor and intercessor. So we're gonna. We're going to talk all about that, um, but uh, Israel and your, uh, you know, interest in that uh, is something we we really want to explore uh, with our audience, particularly as we then translate that, you know, for End Times Friday. So uh, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about uh, your journey uh, to into really getting connected by God into Israel and in what some of the things have meant to us. So why don't you share a little bit about just how, how God led you into that? Okay. It's, there's a long story, but I'll give the short version of the long story. (laughs) Uh, It started actually, God planted seeds when I was a little girl. And just to give a little backdrop, you know, my mother worked for Jewish men. I was in a Catholic school where we, we were being prepared for, Holy Communion at that time, and I remember the nun who was preparing us talked about Jesus being Jewish, which when I think back to it is really odd that that would even occur in a Catholic school teaching, but it created a curiosity in my heart, like, Mm. okay, if Jesus 
he's Jewish and my mother's always talking about these Jewish bosses and you know I so I started as a little girl you know eight nine ten years old I would be reading books in the library about Jewish people so there was a seed planted that obviously was dormant for many years fast forward to how the journey to the assignment to be an intercessor and a messenger for Israel I think it was back in the mid like well, maybe 2006, 2007, the Lord started um, bringing people into my path, people who had a love for Israel, a young man who had just done an extensive internship in Israel, another friend who had spent time in Israel, and we all became friends and really it set the journey in place for my first trip to Israel. I was supposed to go with this young man, but in the meantime, he met the love of his life and it was not time for him to travel. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, you know, next year I'll go with the tour group, maybe chosen people, whatever. And God just really began to work in my heart and say, no, I want you to go now, go at the scheduled time that you were supposed to go and trust me that, you know, I'll prepare the way. So it was, it was the supernatural. I mean, God just connected mm. me with people in Israel. Uh, I put a fleece out to the Lord and, you know, said, okay, if I'm going to go alone, it needs to be all these things. It needs to be in this budget. <laughs> I want to arrive in Israel during daylight. Um, it has to be in this time frame that was set. Anyway, long story short, it all worked out and the Lord did the supernatural and provided all of those things. Oh, beautiful. So the first trip was like a pilgrimage. Even though I was alone, I met with people at different locations in Bethlehem and Ariel and did, you know, the tourist thing to the Galilee and Masada and all of the, all of that. Spent a whole week just exploring Jerusalem, which was glorious. And it was on the plane ride home, you know, there's that long 10-hour flight coming back where I was, you know, opening my Bible, reading scripture, and the Lord really led me to Isaiah 62. You know, and as you, we all know, there's the Logos and the Rhema. And as I was reading in Isaiah 60, 62, the passages from 6 and 7 about the watchmen on the wall giving God no peace, praying day and night until Jerusalem becomes the praise of all the earth. And that really, really resonated in my heart. I mean, I began to weep. It was just the Lord was provoking something in my heart. Obviously, I had no idea at that point what, where this was all going to, except the deep connection in pondering those scriptures on that journey home was really the connection between, well, all of Israel, well, Jerusalem would not be the glory of all the earth until Yeshua returns, until Messiah comes back. And so I began to ponder that and like, well, what? What's involved in Yeshua's coming back, in particular related to Israel and the Jewish people? And God just made it clear, taking me back to Matthew 23, when Jesus wept over Jerusalem hmm. and said, I will not return hmm. until my people welcome me back. Baruch Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so it kind of set the journey. It really put a fire in me and a passion in me that I didn't understand. In fact, I had, you know, gifts to bring back for family and friends, and every gift had a card. I had prepared cards with that scriptures on it because it was etched in my heart, even though I didn't really understand it. So the journey, you know, it's been ongoing revelation. It's 
didn't mm -hmm. occur to me at one point other than I did gradually began to get the gist of it that I am called to be a watchman on the wall and I was exploring with the Lord so what does that mean and you know over time it's become it means a lot in different ways part of it is God calling me to um, start groups and pray with people for Israel um, I think the second layer of the understanding came a little bit later but it's really to be a messenger as well it's to pray and to be a messenger and messenger then began to, I began to understand was someone who is willing to share as the Lord opens opportunities to share God's heart for Israel and what does that mean related to the end times and the salvation of the Jewish people so even being on the podcast today it's like okay Lord you said when you open a door to share mm -hmm. go there so I know this is part of part of the assignment yeah yeah and um uh, so as you, um, you know, have been drawn into that place, um, you know, how many, how many times have you now been over to Israel? I've been there three times. The first time was two weeks. The second time was three weeks. And each time has had a purpose. And the last time I spent a month in Jerusalem, the Lord really mm. showed me to, uh, as an intercessor, you need to understand the culture a little bit better and you need to just be immersed there to be among the Orthodox and to just uh, live there with the people. So I rented an apartment from an Orthodox woman and I stayed in downtown Jerusalem, mm. right by the light rail and um, King of Kings congregation and um, the Shook. And so it was fun. It was just fun to integrate and to be part of it and to just um, hang out with people. Yeah. So. And as you, um, you know, I know you went uh, over there three times, particularly the first time where you were <laughs> said, no, you got to go. You got to go now. Um, what uh, what kind of relationships did you wind up uh, connecting to? You know, because uh, and God was showing you a, a bunch of things, which we'll talk about, you know, a little bit later. But um, what kind of relationships did he connect you to just because you went on pure faith um, yep. yeah, with, you know, I'm gone. And it's going to be an interesting adventure with God. And there wasn't, you didn't have a day-to-day-to-day -day -day itinerary. <laughs> um, so what, you know, what did that feel like and look like? And, and what kind of relationships did you get connected to there? Well, it was a little bit surreal because, you know, everything occurred within six weeks period of time planning the trip. Because that was when Sean and I were supposed to go together. So it all came about really quickly. Um, and God did provide some connections even before I left. Um, there was a, uh, a man that Sean knew from, uh, from being in Jerusalem. He was in town. So we had a meeting probably about a month before I left. And he invited me to spend time in Bethlehem with his family, his parents who are closer to my age. And I had, um, three days in Bethlehem with the Ockley family and, was able to experience a little bit of what like is like what life is like for Arab Christians. Mm -hmm. This is an Arab mm -hmm. family, so there was exposure to the other side of the equation and what it's like to live in Jerusalem. You know, um, and this particular family had no access into Jerusalem because of the way the Oslo Accords were and the dividing lines. So when they left the country, they had to go through Jordan 
So that was an experience. Um, I was also connected to a family in Ariel, not to get into all the story, but I don't know if you remember, there was a, a bombing. I guess this was probably about 18 years ago. It was, a, it was on Purim. It was a uh, Messianic Jewish family that live in, in uh, Ariel, and their son picked up a basket outside their doorway on Purim. Mom and dad weren't home. He was home with the housekeeper and the dog. And it turned out that the basket was a bomb. Mm. And so he was nearly killed. He was airlifted and they were announcing that he was passing. Well, he's alive and well these days, mm. but after many, 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 many surgeries. Mm. So did after this, um, this was probably a year later, I got to spend uh, a few days with them in Ariel. I was able to take the, the bus through the settlements and come up. Because Ariel is two hours north of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It was a different kind of exposure. And just even at that point, because of what had just happened, and Ami was still quite sick, um, you know, there was high security around their, their building. Mm. Um, so that was the, those were the primary connections on that first trip to, to uh, Israel. Yeah. And the rest was just me kind of like on a pilgrimage, just going to places where the Lord was leading. And, you know, just the things that you, we all dream about is going onto the Mount of Olives, onto the Temple Mount, walking from the old city up to those areas and spending time walking around the old city, spending time at um, Christ Church, you know, inside the, the boundaries of the old city and going up to Mount Zion, spending time there. I mean, it was just, I I was overwhelmed during the time, but joyful. You know, yeah. there was just, the weather was beautiful. It never rained while I was there. It rained right after I left. Beautiful. Just glorious. Yeah. Um, and I, you mentioned, um, you know, the King of Kings, uh, which I'm very familiar with. There is a great uh, body of, of uh, believers and Messianic uh, believers in in jerusalem right there in jerusalem and i think you were living really near there what tell us a, just a little bit about that particular ministry and what they're up to there in in jerusalem and of course uh, throughout israel yeah i spent a lot of time there on my second trip to israel and actually had uh, a wonderful meeting with wayne hillsden at that time just talking about um that's you know, assignment on my life and intercession. But King of Kings is strategically planted in downtown Jerusalem. Obviously, they're in a large kind of industrial building, uh, but they're um, they're housed on the first level of, well, at least they're um, the pavilion where they have their services. Um, hard to describe, but um, King of Kings congregation has a lot of different ministries under their umbrella. They have counseling ministries and you know small groups ministries. One of the fun things that they have in that building, they have a restaurant and it's kosher. So it's fun. I, I ate there many times and it's fun because even the Orthodox will come to eat there because it's kosher. So, <laughs> and you know they have food pantry, clothing, uh, areas you know where people can come and get clothing so there's just many many aspects to it so on that second trip i did do a little service there 
in a little service with Chosen People Ministries where I got to meet Holocaust uh, well, families of Holocaust survivors. It wasn't really the Holocaust survivors themselves. And um, yeah, I worked in the, the food pantry, the, the clothing area where they um, sort through clothes and people come to poor people who are in need. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful ministry. Obviously, they have lots of prayer and um, God's using it. I mean, I think he's extending their tent pegs and giving them a lot of influence within that area. Yep. So yep. if you don't mind, because I'm not familiar with King's King of Kings Ministries and some of our, our um, listeners may not be as well. Can you explain a little more who they are? Is that a group of Messianic Jews? Is that a group of Christians that have come in and planted a ministry there to reach Israel? What is their, what are their, where are they rooted and how did that develop? Any idea? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, it's uh, it started about 40 years ago. And Wayne Hillsden, who I have mentioned, is a Canadian Christian non-Jewish who he, along with his wife, and I think at the time they only had a couple of, of, their, of their sons. They have four sons. Mm -hmm. So they were called to Israel. And really, it was a connection with other people meeting in small groups and eventually arose out of there is how king of kings was birthed gradually okay. over time it's a messianic congregation mm -hmm. they do have a hebrew speaking uh, ministry as well they meet on fridays on shabbat and uh king of kings actually meets on sundays for their services hmm. so there's just a, a lot of aspects to the ministry but it is a messianic jewish congregation okay. and um, Wayne, who's largely part of the founding community, is not Jewish, but God okay. has used him, and he and his wife, uh, Anne, have been there for, I think, over 40 years, and have raised their children there, and mm -hmm. have moved on. Wayne was the pastor. He's moved on, and he has a ministry now called Firm, um, and there's a new pastor who is carrying on the torch. Right, yeah, and the... Um, um... You know, there's lots of things. The, the neat thing is, is that there's lots and lots of um, ministries with the heart of inviting people, teaching people uh, in a healthy way mm -hmm. about about Jesus, and um, and is pre preparing, partly preparing the nation of Israel for their role. Uh, as we go into the end times, ultimately they'll be the beacons of light, um, and they'll mm -hmm. receive this. So they're seed planting in a big, big way, and um, just so everybody can uh, maybe consider uh, that uh, it's called King of Kings, and you can look them up online and see their activity, and even uh, you know donate to them. And then uh, Wayne, who was the pastor of this. Um, has uh you know trained up other people and he what he's done is called uh, a, a got got a ministry called firm f-i-r-m um, and it's uh, about helping lots of ministries facilitate the uh, work in israel and you can look him up and look his ministry up um, and also uh, possibly support that uh, but get exposure to it and what we would say, and Diane certainly uh, did this, is um, as you travel there, which we urge people to consider, mm -hmm. 
uh, by by the way, just the simple way of really going deeper and understanding the word of God, <laughs> because uh, mm-hmm. you're you're physically at the places that are in these stories, and you get to you know get to relate to them. Um, but you'll get exposure to uh, really the activity that's going on there, and um, and if you go over which we urge you to do, look up King of Kings in Jerusalem and look up F-I-R-M Wayne and get exposure to all that they're doing uh, in Israel. Uh, and Diane's been a piece of this uh, connectivity to them and it's been been fun. Um, and Diane, as you, uh, and we talked about the ministry there that's happening, but you're also uh, now part of a, uh, what's called a Messianic Jewish church uh, where, um, it's Christian, uh, there's Jews there that have come to know Christ and they have, they have, uh, another ministry from now the United States. Tell us about, um, the, the, uh, congregation you've joined there, what they're up to, and then a little bit about, uh, what God has asked you to do to, uh, kind of, uh, serve them and give it away. Yes. Oh, uh, well, when I moved to Des Plains, I had started going to one Messianic congregation. Actually, the Messianic churches are called congregations. I'm not really sure why that is, but they're all called congregations versus churches. Yeah. So I was going to one, and it was good. Um, you know, I had been there for almost a year, and I began to be restless in my spirit. The Lord was just showing me, don't plant roots here. And it became obvious to me why that was. Um, So just recently, actually over the last few months, I started visiting another Messianic congregation in Deerfield. It's called Adat Hatikva. It's been around for a while and it's gone through a lot of different transitions. Uh, We have a wonderful rabbi. His name is Jacob Rosenberg. Uh, He's the born again Jewish, Jewish, you know, fully Jewish. Uh, His parents who were... Uh, leading a Messianic congregation in New Jersey, have just retired and moved to the Chicago area. And so they are part of our ministry now. So it's wonderful to have the senior Rosenberg with us. He, you know, <laughs> brings you know with him a wealth of experience and knowledge and has come alongside of his son. They're taking a period of rest, but then they will be you know, enmeshed in leading the congregation as well. Hmm. But it's been a welcome, welcome thing for me because they have, it's a very, it's a vibrant community. Holy Spirit's active. You know, there's, um, it's joyful. You know, last, some people may frown on this, but last Shabbat, we, some of the people were so full of joy as the worship was going on that people just began to dance. (laughs) That's good. David, David, David did. So uh, that's Mm -hmm. good. And we have a Torah service every every Shabbat, and um, the children lead the Torah service. They lead the procession around the building, and the children they have a a box full of instruments, you know, tambourines and different sorts of. Mm. So as the kids come up to lead the procession, they they choose their instruments. So they've got flags and tambourines and different things, and they lead the procession as we all um, uh, have you know, kiss the Torah and have the Torah service. Yeah. So it's alive. You know, there's there's old people, there's middle aged, there's young mm-hmm. young families with babies and pregnant women. 
and just um, the spirit of the Lord is active and well. And our rabbi, as I've been there and listened to his messages, clearly understands abiding and listening to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all a good thing. We have prayer for Israel on Monday, which is beautiful. Uh, God actually connected me quickly with people there. On my second visit there, God connected me with a woman who used to be part of the Israel ministry at the International House of Prayer. And it turned out as we talked that we know many of the same people in Israel. And so there was immediate connection and an invitation mm -hmm. to come alongside and to, to pray. And I've been invited and connected with a women's group that meets on Tuesdays and we study the word and we pray for each other. We send our prayer requests ahead of time so that we don't spend a lot of time going around the table, so to speak, and everybody mm -hmm. saying what they need. So we know ahead of time so we can just lead into prayer and do what we are called to do. So it's all good. I am uh, assimilating gradually. The Lord has just told me. Uh, to take it easy, to that he'll open. I actually had a prophetic word spoken by intercessors that I pray with on Friday that I was a gem in the hand of the Lord, but his fingers were covering me, but they were going to gradually be uncovered as he hmm. would expose me to different ministries at Adat Batikva. Hmm. So right now, I'm just slowly integrating and getting to know people. And being trained to be a greeter at the door, a good way to get to know people. Um, so that's a Dahatikba. Yeah, beautiful. Um, well, we appreciate your, uh, you know, just setting everything up and telling us your story, um, how beautiful you've been drawn into uh, connecting uh, to Israel, uh, now to a, a Messianic congregation. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, what that, looks like in terms of of how they see their mission as well as how they see israel and then we want to get into next next time uh specifically we know that you're a watchman intercessor um and we'd like you to help define for us what does that look like and how should we who are also called particularly to intercede for israel how do we approach that uh, so that we understand biblically and uh, experientially uh, what does that look like uh, in a healthy way of how we are to pray for them. As, as you know, uh, a lot of people tend to take positions about Israel and then make declarations, and God is trying to get us deeper than that and say, well, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you come talk to me about it? <laughs> so, um, uh, and, we, and we know that you, we, you understand that really, really well. So we'll, uh, we'd like to talk more about this. So Diane, thank you so much for your uh, beautiful uh, expression today. And we can't wait to hear until uh, we hear the next piece of it. So thank you. And, and we'll see you next. And so Kathy, we'll, uh, we'll actually re uh, remember to relate this uh, when we go to End Times Friday to have you know, people listen, go back and listen to this so that we can help understand mm -hmm. since Israel, it, discussion on it, what's going Israel, Israel is the center <laughs> of what happens mm -hmm. in the end. So it's kind of important. Uh, so uh, this will be good. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for joining us. And thank you to everyone else. If you have questions um, for Rich and I or for Diane, um, as we have these discussions on Israel, be sure to send them in to questions at afjministry.com. And we'll see you next time. Yep. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See. 
your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos. Thank you.